Hello and welcome to Wingspans and Lip Rings, a podcast about everything Sarah J Mass. We are your hosts. I'm Heather and I'm joined by Roisin. Hello. And we are bringing you our unhinged thoughts of the Sarah J Mass books. Yep. We are starting with Akatar, A Court of Thorns and Roses, which is book one in the series. And this episode, we are covering chapters one through 20. We certainly are. So this is spoiler free, so obviously we'll be covering everything within the chapters, but nothing beyond. Okay, so let's fire right in, because this is our first episode. We need to talk about our main character, the badass FMC that is Feyre. Roisin Archeron. How badass is Feyre? Oh my god. She's amazing, isn't she? Yeah. Sorry, we entered into the book of her going in and hunting. I mean, how old is this girl? We found out she's, what, 19? I think so. Yeah, yeah, Mm. 19, yeah. And she is just amazing. She is single-handedly, like, keeping her family alive. She is out in the woods. It is snowing. She ends up killing a deer and a wolf she couldn't bring both of them because she's this like malnourished 19 year old girl so she skins the wolf she skins the wolf which in itself in and of itself is quite a feat and she then uses the wolf pelt wraps it around the deer and drags the deer home i mean already already starting straight off she is so badass that's amazing yeah but i guess like to be in that frame of mind where you're you're able to kill animals like that and skin them and do that. Like that's desperation as well as badassery. <laughs> oh, well, that's exactly it. Yeah. As as we went on through the chapters, we did find out that like, you know, she did have to do it because there was no other choice. Mm-hmm. Like nobody else in the family was going to do it. Nobody else in the family was keeping them alive. Yeah. And Farah is the youngest out of all her family. She has two sisters and her dad. She's so badass. And as we went through the chapters as well, like even her moving to Perithian and you know, creating the traps in her room and <laughs> even though they were really bad. Well, are they bad? Because she manages to snare Tamlin in chapter 19. Oh my God. Where he's hanging upside down with a lazy smile. That That's the one. I think we can talk a little bit more about that later on. We but, will get um, Yes. So no, that's true. She can, she can snare. Like, well, she's a huntress, isn't she? She is a hunter. She's... Does she snare Alice? So Alice, no, Alice comes into the room and she's like, what is this? It kind of like tumbled around her. And Alice was like, you think this is going to trap us? Seriously, it's stupid. Um, But she keeps trying though, doesn't she? That's the thing. The tenacity of Farah is just, it's inspiring, really. She just doesn't stop. And she's always on high alert. Yeah. Constantly on high alert because she had to for her entire life. Well, ever since her mother died and when they lost their fortune, she had to just be on high alert because she was the only person that was keeping them alive, you know? Yeah. And even when Tamlin's taking her to Prithian, mm. she's like, I'm going to kill him. <laughs> don't, mm. I don't. I think she says, I don't care how futile it is, I will yeah. kill him. Yeah. And it's like, she's just, she's scared, but there's no real fear well it's not necessarily she's accepting of it do you know like even when he came and um he was like okay i can kill you or i can bring you to perithian and she was like just kill me then do you know i'd rather die i'd rather die um you know everything about her she's always on high alert she is always ready for a fight you know and it's quite reflective of her upbringing which is a shame very reflective of her upbringing she's just accepting yeah it's almost like she's just accepted that this is my shit life (laughs) in a new shit scenario (laughs) this time i'm with shitty fae (laughs) (laughs) those fucking fairies (laughs) (laughs) they ruin everything and yeah just even as she was going in she was still worrying about her family she didn't really care about herself she is quite selfless you know she is always thinking about oh are they going to survive have i just done a death sentence now that deer is going to keep them going for a week or so then what 
then what? You know, Tamlin obviously wouldn't allow her have like weapons and whatnot at the start. So she was like taking the knife from the table. And she was, she's always trying to think on how she can protect herself. She refuses to wear the dresses as well. She wants to wear the pants. It's easier to kill. It's easier to kill and to run when she's wearing trousers. So I think we built up a really good persona in these first few chapters of Vera and how she is as a person and her personality and she is a badass. Like, it's nice great. to have a strong female lead in books like this. Yes, she's not sort of quivering and whimpering. No, when she... Tamlin's like intimidating her, she's just facing him head on, even though he's yeah. like a thousand times more powerful. She's her own woman, isn't she? Yeah. She can hold her own. Um, yeah, she is great. Yeah, I don't know what else really to say about her, but like, I just, I we really, love we love her, Farah. Yes, girl. <laughs> I suppose I did mention a little bit about like Farah's family and her upbringing and whatnot. Um, Heather, how shit is Farah's family? The worst, right? Oh my god! So I think it's obvious to say Nesta's the worst out of her family, mm. but I want to touch on Elaine. There is a moment where Farah is; she comes back home. She's got the wolf and and all of that, and. <laughs> Fera, please. She drew out the two syllables of my name. Fera. Fera. In the most hideous whine I'd ever endured. So that was Fera describing Elaine. So while Nessa is mean and callous and bitter, Elaine's almost, it's almost gives off like spoiled vibes. and Correct. Yes. She's overly protected. She's described as the flower grower, which nothing wrong with being a flower grower, but I mean, no, it's not. But like kind of nesty, what you see is what you get. You know, she's going to be a bitch, you know, like she does not hold any punches. She like really is cutting, I suppose. Yeah. Elaine is the flower grower. She doesn't intentionally mean to be mean. She doesn't intentionally mean to make Farah's life hard, but she does. She does. She does. So like Farah's after killing a wolf, skinning a wolf, killing a deer, dragging the deer back home miles, comes in the door, wrecked. Elena's like, how how long is it going to take you now to <laughs> to skin that now and and prep how up long, the meat? How long are you gonna be, Farah? How long are you gonna be? And then Nesta comes in, she's like, you stink. Both of them do it fuck all all day. I know. So yeah, her sisters are, are bad. And Nesta is mean. And yeah. so Nesta is nasty. She's a bully. She is a bully. She is yeah. a bully. Um, there is one bit about Nesta oh. though that made me laugh. Oh, are we going to talk about Nesta and Daddy Archeron? Yes. So there's a bit on page, page 12 that it mm-hmm. describes that Nesta, she hates, Nesta hates the dad. Yes. And Nesta would purposefully move his walking stick away from him. Oh my out God. Out of his reach. Out of his reach. So we'd have to hobble to try and get it. Like, that's evil. It really is. Isn't it? It really is. Yeah. So there's even a moment um, back in Prithian where Farah is kind of doubting herself because of her mm-hmm. illiteracy. And there's a line that says, illiterate, ignorant, unremarkable, proud, cold, all spoken from Nesta's mouth, all echoing in my head with her sneering voice. Mm. So just years of being put down. Yeah, belittled. All while she's providing for yes. them. Yeah. It's almost so mean that it's just unbelievable. Like you immediately just hate, hate her. You hate her. There has to be something else going on because... Why? Who? Who is actually that mean? Who? How could you hate a character so you, quickly? Ex- well, exactly, absolutely hate Nesta. Yeah. Um, Elaine, I just find really annoying. It's bland. Just, just bland, annoying, and so sheltered. Just wake up, get wake in the up. real world. Okay, can we? I need to mention the dad. Oh. He yeah. has given me the ultimate ick. He has given me the ultimate ick, Heather. Do you not get the ick from Daddy? Daddy I Archer? do. I do. I do get the ick. So there is a bit on page 38, right, Mm -hmm. where the dad has given me the ick because Tamlin has come in and um, he says that it's a life for a life. So whoever killed his sentry, Andras, Andreas, Mm -hmm. was that his name? Um, He uh, needs to take a life for it. And then the father, hobbled steps sounded before he gripped my shoulder. Please, good sir, Farah is my youngest. I beseech you to spare her. She is all... But whatever he meant to say died in his throat as the beast roared again. But hearing those few words he managed to get out, the effort he made, it was like a blade to my belly. My father cringed as he said, Please, 
I just got the ick. It was like he wasn't he was he was like begging Tamlin almost and it wasn't like trying to stand up and take her place or anything like that. It was just it gave me the ick and then Tamlin was taking her and he was like, Do off era, off you go and don't come back. Do not come back. I'm like whiplash here, do you know? Although I feel like I do feel like though her dad knows something knows a little bit more than he's letting on because I know that her dad okay yeah he's icky he's pathetic he's just a, a useless excuse for father in my opinion yes um, correct but he does say to her you were always too good for here Farah too good for us too good for everyone if you ever escape ever convince them that you've paid the debt don't return that to me suggests he maybe knows a little bit more than he's letting on correct yeah um it, it, yeah you're very right you're very right in saying that i think um there is definitely more to be had because he was a merchant so he traveled quite a bit all yeah. over the place so he probably would have had more dealings with perithian and with the fae yeah so he obviously knows a bit more but like i mean he just the fact he wasn't able to keep his family alive and he was doing these wood carvings and it was just pathetic really he really didn't want to pull the finger out and actually do some work um, even though he did you know he was disabled his leg was smashed uh, but there's other th- things he can do you know what I mean I just yeah absolutely I think another bit that really made me ick was when <laughs> Nesta and Farah are going at it about their love interests at the time okay okay so we have Isaac Hale and yeah. then we have Nesta's uh, is it the woodchopper yeah, Thomas, someone. Yes. Anyway, they're going on. I want to say Thomas Mandrake, but I think that's from Harry Potter. Thomas Mandrake, the woodcutter's second son. That was okay. it. So Pharaoh was like, you cannot marry him. And Nesta said, at least I don't have to resort to rutting in the hay with Isaac Hale like an animal. So we will go on to Isaac Hale. Mm-hmm. But to go back to the father, my father let out an embarrassed cough. Looking to his cot by the fire, he never said a word against Nesta from either fear of or guilt, and apparently he wasn't going to start now, even if this was the first time he was hearing of Isaac. She would say that in front of the dad, and the dad still doesn't. He has no backbone because he's lost control of his children. They have no respect for him. Yeah, you. Ha- they have no respect for him. They're like, I don't care about mentioning this in front of you because Correct. you're nothing. Who cares? Correct. Isaac, though. Isaac. Um, oh, Isaac Hale, the relatively handsome, soft-spoken and reserved, but with a sort of darkness running beneath mm-hmm. it all that had us drawn to each other. Relatively handsome. Relatively handsome. I mean, that's... He's, a- not, your, he's not your leading man. He... He's your run-of-the-mill guy, isn't he? He's like, you know, the way at school you would have like the really good-looking guys, like there would be one or two. And then we have all the lads, (laughs) all the rest, the average lads, you know? He's in with them. That's Isaac. And that's not, that's not a bad thing, you know? He's um he's sensible. He is he takes sensible. The contraceptive brew. Yes, which we love. We love that it is you know a little bit um fair fairer that Farah doesn't have to take full responsibility for bringing a child. Yeah, both men the... and women can take contraception. Which that decrepit decrepit barn is not going to house a little baby. The decrepit barn. The decrepit barn. How depressing. Right. Yeah. It really set a scene. Like yeah. it was literally. It wasn't sexy. It wasn't sexy. It was almost just a bit like animalistic. Like they just yeah. needed to be together. A release. A release. Away and from their miserable lives. Exactly. And yeah. this was just something to um, escape from it. The decrepit barn. Well, I think Farah chose the decrepit barn as a symbol for how she sees herself. I mean, where else would she choose? Like there's not exactly a Premier Inn down the road or anything to know. <laughs> She could go, you know, by the, the edge of a beautiful lake or... Actually, do you know what? You're right. Against she the could tree. Up, up a noble oak. But no, a decrepit barn where there's probably rats and stuff, do you know, in the hay. Because it was in the hay. Yeah. Rolling in the hay. Herself and Isaac. So, Roisin, um, going on to a different character. Maybe mm-hmm. not an obvious main character, but what did you make of the surreal and what it revealed? I love the surreal. Okay, I'm sorry, but the surreal is giving me Beyonce vibes. <laughs> Explain. Explain, please. Because it has like an energy about it. Like it has this fabulous cloak and it has like 
this drama as well. The way it clicks its fingers. The click, 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 click. The clicks were awful. I loved it. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I think it builds a really creepy vibe around it. I wouldn't say Beyonce vibe. No, it does. It gives me Beyonce. Like, he just, he loves a robe. Basically, dried out horrific texture face uh like a skeleton basically um it's two long fingers clicked against each other as it studied me human it said its voice was once was once one and many old and young beautiful and grotesque my bowels turned watery i mean (laughs) so this is something that sarah j mass writes often yeah. And we'll, let's flag the watery bills from now on because I know exactly what she means though. It's disgusting though. Like that I, moment where you're just like, I need a toilet right quite now. literally shit herself. It's almost like, not when your stomach drops, everything's like, vroom. Yes. And you're like, I need to go now. That is so true. It's the bubbly tummy, isn't it? So thanks for that image, Sarah. Yeah. Um. But like, even the way it talks to her, like, did you set this clever, wicked trap for me? And then she's like, are you one of the surreal? Like, so cool. He's like, indeed I am. Click, click, click. With the fingers. Yeah, the clicks creeped me out. I enjoy him. And he's like, not taking any of his shit. Is it him? Oh, it's not a him. It's they, isn't it? it they, it, they. It. I don't think they have a sex. Yeah. Although, how would Surreal's have sex? That's a whole different genre of book right is, there. That is a whole, like, yeah, and it has That's your monster up. porn. That, we won't be getting into that today. Kindles only. Kindle unlimited only. <laughs> um, no, back to Surreal anyway. I really like the Surreal. I like, answers questions, but like, doesn't answer them straight either. Like, talks around them a little bit. You know, stay with the High Lord. Um, yes, yeah, human the high lord. That's all you can do. You will be safe. Do not interfere. Do not look. Go looking for answers after today, or you'll be devoured by the shadow over Perithian. He will shield you from it. So stay close to him, and all will be righted. Also, um, earlier on, it describes I'm a member of no court. Mm. I'm older than the high lords, older than Perithian, older than the bones of this world. Yes, it's a completely different creature. Like there was creatures that we did um, meet during the book, like the puka and um, the naga, as they're co- coming into the book. Um, so it's interesting to see and to hear where these creatures are coming from. Well, we don't know. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if they're older than Perithian, where did they come from? Anyway, so the naga then arrived. Mm-hmm. Suriel was still trapped. The Suriel is basically like, "Bitch, you need to let me go." You need to let me go. So Farah is like setting, you know, the her her bow and arrow, and she's like, "Oh my god, am I going to kill the naga, or am I going to kill like let the Suriel go?" So she does, and you know, which I think is really good of her. It's so good of her, and like I thought at this point, you know, the Suriel and Farah had built up a bit of a relationship, built up a rapport, um. The Suriel didn't think so. Because the Suriel, as soon as the Suriel was freed, they were like, bye bitch, I'm out of here. Fucking gone with the wind was not helping. See ya. Like, not helping Farah at all with the Naga. You're by yourself here, girl. Yeah. Gone. I just, you know, and again, that's like diva energy, isn't it? It's like all, all people from themselves. Like That's it. But speaking of the Naga... Who comes in and saves her? Oh. Hamlin. Can we, let's take a moment now to go through just how sexy Tamlin is. Mm. Is he sexy, Roisin? Yes. He is sexy in this bit, especially. I agree. Okay. Can we, um, like, we can go back, but just let's talk about when Tamlin comes in and saves Farah. And the Naga had basically ripped her tunic and oh, yeah. yeah, so then he he then gave her his own tunic. And in here it says, and you can tell that Farah is getting a bit thirsty. She's getting thirsty for Tamlin. I pulled on Tamlin's tunic over my own, ignoring how easily I could see the cut of his muscles beneath his white shirt, the way the blood soaking it made them stand out even more. A purebred predator, honed to kill. That's hot. God, just just the way that that blood just oh, clings to his abs, clings to his abs like that, and I think that that's the sexiest thing about Tamlin is just well, for one, like how muscly he is, but he's just 
powerful strength brute strength and also just protective do you know he came out and he was furious because he is protective of Farah, and like the big roar the big roar and it did not come from the creature's mouth and you're like oh here he comes um i think because Farah never had this in her whole life she never had somebody to protect her she has always been the protector of Mm -hmm. the family so it's lovely to see her being looked after now you know almost it's it's a really nice like change in dynamic for her and it's not something that she's used to and I feel because we're viewing it all through Farah's eyes we're falling for Tamlin as well you know yeah I do think as well the fact that like just circle about the fact that he can shapeshift into a beast oh my god when he came in there's just something about the fact knowing that he can be that powerful beast Mm. at any moment at any moment and we know that it's at any moment so (laughs) he doesn't have control half the time with his clothes (laughs) so there's a moment there's a moment is after this actually when um yeah, it's after this. So when Farah, because Tamlin doesn't know that she's caught the surreal, he's just saved her from the Naga. Yeah, that's right. And there is a moment where Farah asks him about the surreal, and he's so surprised that Tamlin flinched. <laughs> Tamlin flinched as his claws shot out, slicing his face. Oh my god, this is the best. Like, just imagine, right? He sliced right? his own face He open. sliced his own face. I feel that he had his his head kind of resting on his fist, you know? And almost like Wolverine style, the claws just kind of <laughs> shot out and sliced his face. Because yeah. it's like the emotions, so he can't control them when he's feeling high emotions like surprise or rage or fury or, or stress. You can see it through his claws. Throughout throughout the chapters, you do see like, oh, his claws were pressing against his skin yes. and things like, like that. Just like ready. You can tell his These emotions. sharp little knuckles. Yes. You know, a cat and its tail is kind of twitching and you're like, oh, they're annoyed. Yeah. That's Tamlin and his claws. <laughs> um, but he's not the best at flirting. Oh my God. He is dire. Do you remember when he tried to flirt with her at the very beginning? Yeah. Oh my god. So I feel like when Tamlin tries, when Tamlin tries, mm-hmm. he gets it wrong. Yes. But when he doesn't try and he's just reacting and he's just like saving her, he gets it so right. But isn't that true to life? Yeah. Isn't that true to life? I like his, I find his awkwardness really endearing. Me too. Me too. I do as well. I think it's kind of cute. So I think the bit that you're you're about to reference. Oh my god. So is, I, I like that bit. I thought it was, yeah. Oh. So this is when Farah has a wash. When <laughs> she comes into Perithian, Alice gives her a good wash and a pluck. So she came in and they watched me too closely to be casual. Tamlin straightened a bit and said, you look better than before. Is that a compliment? I could have sworn Lucian gave Tamlin an encouraging nod. And your hair is clean. Thanks. I just washed it. <laughs> oh my God. So yeah, that's him trying to like, flirt and you know be dire it is dire isn't it but his awkward like i said his awkwardness to me is endearing yeah but then he has like his really sexy intense moments so when he has just killed the boggy Mm -hmm. and he comes back she's cleaning up his hands she's cleaning the blood off his hands I secured the bandage in place and stepped away, bringing a bowl of bloody water deep to the sink. His eyes were brand upon me mm. as I finished cleaning and the room was too small and too hot. Yes. it's in- He's intense. Yeah, he is intense. But then he also does have a vulnerability because we do see that he's not... He doesn't take any joy in killing he doesn't take any pride in it or any victory in fact it actually seems to wear him down quite a lot it seems to and it it just seems to be his it's his role as a protector of the realm like of of the spring court yeah you know he needs to like try and destroy these creatures to protect everybody and this is like this is just his job you know it's something that was bestowed onto him because of his birth rather than anything he wants to do and you do get that does come across with him. Yeah. And Lucian does reference, you know, past family trauma as well. And um, I do think that he has PTSD. You know, he fought in wars, his family was killed, 
um and he doesn't he doesn't take pride at all in his uh in the killing no not at all but so back to the he has his good moments and his bad moments when it comes to flirting yes chapter 18 okay let's go to chapter 18 the glen um i mean there's a lot of highs and lows in the glen right (laughs) there is there is there's a lot of like Hell yes, Tamlin. I mean, take me now. And then there's also like, you are giving me the ultimate ick. What are you doing? There was a bit that made me laugh. Go on. Rushed whispers were exchanged behind me <laughs> before I could turn around to investigate. Tamlin took a seat at my side. His jaw was clenched, tight enough that I stared ahead. What is this place? Out the corner of my eye, Tamlin was no more than a glittering golden figure. Just the glen. <laughs> behind us, Lucian snorted. Do you like it? <laughs> Tamlin ask quickly. I just get this thing of Lucian being like, go talk to her. Yes. Go, go, yeah, go, go, go. Talk to her. Now's your chance. Now's your chance. Tamlin's like, no, I don't. What do I say? What do I say? He's like, just anything. Anything. Just go. Just a glen. Just a glen. <laughs> oh, it just reminds me of like teenage flirting. Do you yeah. know, like awkwardness and, oh, I love it though. It, it. I think everybody has that understanding and like memory from being a teenager and like those really awkward conversations, you yeah. know? And then instantly after that, Tamlin being unbelievably sexy, mm-hmm. each of Tamlin's movements was precise and efficient, his powerfully muscled legs eating up the earth Heather, as we wove between the towering trees. His Just Heather. That, that stride of him eating Sorry. up the earth. How long are his legs? Could you, could you envision his legs during... Like, Sarah J Maas describes men through the female gaze yes phenomenally oh i mean she talks about hands and arms and even the legs eating up the earth eating up the earth i can feel i almost feel the muscles he does not skip leg day he certainly does not he does not he has completed all the machines i can just imagine his thick thighs his thick thighs and you can probably see the muscles like through his trousers and just (laughs) Man, oh, quads are popping. Quads just... are popping as he's eating up the earth. There was just something about the way that that was described. That mm-hmm. um, oh god, I was just yeah. I had I had it highlighted. I had yeah, me too. In um, my my sexy color, the sexy the color, sexy highlighter. I color. I have another bit actually. Just moving um on a little bit. Tamlin grasped my wrist wrist and tugged me down the hill. His calloused fingers gently scraping against my skin. It's like. Oh, how manly. How manly with his calloused fingers. And this man, you know, he's he's doing hard labour like every day. You yep. can tell he is not just sitting down. He is, he's out there. Like he is not building those fabulous thighs through weight machines. Yeah. He is out there lunging and fighting. And <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I mean, at this moment, you are getting a bit hot and bothered yeah. about Tamlin, aren't you? He is... Very sexy. Very sexy. Mm-hmm. I'm moving on to page 162. So they are at... I know what you're going to say. Oh, man. <laughs> they are at... So they're at the um, the Starlight River Pond. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, oh, they're going to go for a swim. And Farah says, My undergarments were modest enough that I wasn't showing much, but I still looked straight at him as I stood on the grassy bank. Slowly, so slowly, his eyes roved down, then up, as if he was studying every inch, every curve of me. And even though I wore my ivory underthings, that gaze alone stripped me bare. I mean, already, you can just tell him looking her up and down. I I was getting shivery, like, yeah. at that moment. It's like the anticipation. I'm shivery now. Oh, my God. <laughs> his eyes met mine, and he gave me a lazy smile before removing his clothes button by button so lazy smile lazy smile okay lazy smile is hot yeah what does that look like i it's not like a forced smile it's just like he is enjoying what he's seeing it's a lazy it's he doesn't even mean to do it it's just 
You should see the smile Heather has given me. It's really forced. No, it is a sexy, lazy smile. We'll do a TikTok. We'll do a TikTok on the lazy smile. Lazy smile. And we'll be eating up the earth and... Eating up the earth? Prowling. The gleam in his eyes turned hungry and feral. Yeah. I let myself indulge in a glimpse of his broad chest, arms corded with muscle and long, strong legs before I walked right into that pool. And then highly unfair of Farah, he wasn't built like Isaac, whose body had very much still been in the gangly place between boy and man. Burn. No need to compare. There is, this is lit. There's no comparison. I'm sorry. Like, Tamlin is what? Like High Lord. Also, how many years old is Tamlin? Like, what? Like five, 500? About 500 years old. Do you know? I just... Here, compare this 500-year-old High Lord Fae who can turn into yeah. a beast and eats up the earth with his legs to... To poor 19-year-old Isaac Hale, the relatively handsome gangly man-boy. Gangly man-boy. <laughs> I mean, there was absolutely no... There was no but I suppose when... I suppose sometimes you do kind of compare men, don't you? And if Isaac's been the only other man she's been with... Maybe that's probably why Tamlin's impressing her so yeah, much. Yeah, you know what? You're right. You are right. Um, it's... I just yeah it wasn't fair though like but I suppose in that moment it was like bringing on the story on how Farah has changed and how you know her life has changed and like Isaac was her past and now Tamlin is her present and what an upgrade so Tamlin's glorious body is being um objectified by Farah and and us and us yeah it's a super sexy moment right it would be great if he could stay sexy what's he do he talks he opens his mouth which is a problem I think a lot of men have so no he has his awkward chat his awkward chat who taught you to swim okay uh oh my god further down how did your father lose his fortune yes. like stick to the sexy script Tamlin and then she goes on about it and then he's like that's when you started hunting it's like well, no it's quite nice he's trying to find out a bit more is. about her but also like you know way to like way to kill the mood it's like she she doesn't want to reminisce on her trauma and he is just there pulling that back into her and she is like no let me just have a sexy swim with you in this like starlight pool please um but no he wants to how did to... your father lose his fortune <laughs> not the type of place tamlin tamlin's limericks again sexy or not absolutely not really i got such an ick i got such an ick from the limericks mm. okay um has a boy ever written you a poem no has a boy ever written you a poem yes there was sexy there was no second date ah. <laughs> <laughs> i'll leave it at that okay I, so the reason that i thought it was sexy was one the build up to the poem? This is when she catches him in the snare and he does the lazy smiles again and he's purring and rumbling. Yeah, rumbling. Okay, that no, I agree. The build up very hot. The build up again. Then he opened his mouth <laughs> the limericks and I was like, oh, Tamlin. But no, but he he made the limericks from the words that she had written down on the bit of paper. I know. So I feel like because it was the he, it was so thoughtful of him. He wants to you he wanted to get to know her a little bit better. I know. Okay, no, it was sweet. It's just not my thing, okay? Fine. It's not my thing. And I have to say in real life, I would probably cringe if mm. someone did, mm. a, did a limerick for me. Um but he writes four limericks increasing in dirtiness dirtiness i know but but we don't hear we don't hear them which is so disappointing isn't it sarah share the dirty limericks share the dirty limericks but yeah uh we want the filth i absolutely do i just yeah the build-up to it though was hot it was hot you know the lazy smile he's just like he purred yeah everything that you'd said but the reason he did the limericks was because he fished out words that Pharaoh was trying to practice on. Yeah. Um when she's trying to learn how to read and write in the library. Yes. So what do you think about that? Because in the library is also another moment. But with well, which... So Farah <laughs> can't read. No. Tamlin's like, oh you can't read? Here's the books. Here's the books. Bye. Bye. <laughs> ah! 
Okay. I mean, to be fair, Farah didn't want him anywhere near. No, she's she is so embarrassed. Especially that she can't read and write. Especially at that point in the book, yes. they hadn't had they hadn't had these sexy moments yet. At that no, point that's book. true. That's true. But you know what? Like Tamlin, she she was so embarrassed. Like this is a huge negative part of her of of how she feels about herself that she feels stupid she feels like she's less than a worthy person because she can't read and write through no fault of her own Nesta's words haunting her that we mentioned before I've spotted a flaw oh in Farah's illiteracy go on so she she struggles with the word grabbed which when you read it out phonetically because she goes she grab bid grabbed so when you read it out phonetically, that you know it's it's pretty self-explanatory. Yep. But then she has no problem with the word shoe, I'm which just... if you read it out phonetically is sahoy. <laughs> I grabbed my sahoy. Yes, where are these sahoys? Maybe they call shoes sahoys in Peruvian. <laughs> sahoy is. That's what I'm going to call my sahoys now. Like, and I get she doesn't get the word position, but I just, it was a bit flawed that she struggled with the word grabbed, but was fine with the word shoe. Yeah, that's so true. That's not important. Um, I think in the um in the library, though, there is that tapestry. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, there is. Um, and the tapestry, it isn't, I think it's worth a mention because it describes a mighty black cauldron held by glowing slender female hands. In a starry, endless night. So who's the slender female? Exactly. She tips over the cauldron, sparkling, not sparkling, but effervescent. Effervescent. Small symbols. um, Yeah. Like pours out and um, out from the cauldron pours the world. The land, the seas, the continents and the fae. But there's no humans there. So where did the humans come from then? So Farah thinks it's because... They're low as pigs yes. to the fae. Yeah, she thinks that humans to fae are like not even worth the tapestry's time. <laughs> like, but it is interesting though. It's very interesting. She yeah, that they were created by someone else. Well, it's the story of Perithian, isn't it? Yeah. Like that's what the tapestry is all about, and it began with a cauldron. Sorry, the tapestry. Um, it does describe there's different fairy lands, and you mm-hmm. can see it on the map. Let's can we discuss the map actually? You because... can see it on the map, yeah, because there's fairy realms, the mortal lands, and highburn. I know Prithian. <laughs> there, we need to discuss on what the map looks like, though. Okay, right. So highburn and Prithian, that looks like the UK and Ireland. It does. It does. It right. It really does. So right now, where we are based, because we're in Edinburgh, so. We're currently living there at the moment. Um, however, I am originally from the damp, dreary Isle of Highburn. How do you feel about that, Roisin? Not great, considering what the Soriel has been saying about Highburn and the King of Highburn and everything. Um, so I have obviously cut my losses with Highburn, as I had in real life. In my real real life, I am now in, you're, you're Highburnian. Uh, a Highburnian living in living in the night court slash day court, depending on how I'm feeling in Perithian. I have lived in Edinburgh slash night court day court my whole life, yeah. but I was born under the mountain. Under the on, mountain on the west coast. What what a start to life! What a start to life, Heather. If you've not read uh, Beyond Chapter 20, you'll understand um, why I'm not so happy about that. Yep. Um, but look, you're out. You're I'm out. out. I'm out of the high burn. You're out from under the mountain. We're and look th- at us. We're thriving on the east coast. We are. Of the night court, day court. Correct. Yeah. Um, but when Farah looks at the tapestry, um, she does pick up on the, the night court. And she says that there were things in the shadows between those mountains, little eyes, gleaming teeth, mm-hmm. a land of lethal beauty, and the hair on my arms rose. Yes. Yes. Ooh. I mean, just by its name, the Night yep. Court is pure mystery. It is mystery. Like, also, are we going to give accents to uh, the territories? Let's, let's do it. Let's do it. So okay. Night Court be Scottish. My course is up at the very top yeah. of this map, right? So they would be more Scotland territory. Sco- yeah. Scotland! Okay! Please stop. 
<laughs> I can't do accents. Just Scotland. Just Scotland. Scotland. <laughs> um, decor would be some some Scottish, but some sort of Northern English, like potentially some Geordie. Oh, Newcastle. Can you do a Can no. you do a Geordie accent? No. I go on. You're uh, way better than I am. Oh God. Why I man? Why I man? <laughs> Why I man from Newcastle? Newcastle. No, I can't do it. I'm so sorry. I mean, fair play to you for trying. Winter Court's Yorkshire. Is it? Is Winter Court Yorkshire? Uh, how's a Yorkshire? Yorkshire accent. Ayo. Ayo, love. Ayo, love. Hi, Lord of the Winter Court. Ayo, love. Yeah. Or, um, Bromie. Birmingham. Is that not? Oh, for Winter Court. So if you're on the west coast of Winter Court, you're from, from Birmingham. Birmingham. I'm from Birmingham. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I think... If anyone from Birmingham... I don't think we can play this. I think it's funny. I think we're insulting everyone. I think we are insulting, but... I'm very sorry. Where's Autumn Court, then? Is that Midlands? Autumn Court, we're talking more... Oh, Nottingham? Yeah. Peterborough? Northampton? I can't do that, actually. No, I can't it's either. Quite, it's quite a sort of... Stand- Skegness. Oh, lovely. I've been to Skegness. Beautiful part of the world. Maybe Norwich. What about summer? Summer court. Summer court. We are Wales. Oh. I think it's Wales. Not the uh, climate I would associate with summer court. No, absolutely not. But I would put it as Welsh. But also Tamlin could be Welsh. He could be, but I feel that he is more London. London. Buckley. (laughs) All right, love. All right, love. All right, Farrah, darling. (laughs) All right, gorgeous. Why are we so bad at this? And then Highburns, obviously. Irish. Just generic Irish. Just a generic Irish accent, like yourself. There's no borders, so it's just... No, there's no Northern Irish. There's no Republic. There's It's just all one. Just all? It's all one. Depends on where whereabouts. I would love to know... I'd love to know if there was, like, um, territories within Highburn, and then I could probably do the accents there. But you have to really um, claim the... The British accents here. Um, and Pharaoh would have, what, that's like South, Southampton, Peterborough? No. Yeah, yeah. Portsmouth. Portsmouth, um, that's it. Portsmouth. Yeah. Which yes. again, I, th- I, oh, I don't know, that's just like kind of South England accent. Yeah, yeah. Just not generic not like, kind of. Not Cockney, but kind no. of similar to London? I don't I'd say so. Like quite a nice soft accent. Yeah. Though. So we've got Cock- Cockney Tamlin. Cockney Tamlin! Norwich, Lucian. Yeah. That's, that's it and that's so it far. so far, yeah. So Heather's Alice. Mm-hmm. She is actually my favorite character in the book right oh, now. Really? Yeah, I really enjoy her. Um, just because she has really Irish mammy vibes, and I just vibe with that. Okay, what's in what's what does Irish mammy vibes mean? Just doesn't give a shit, but also in the most lovable way. Like you know, will call you out on your bullshit. Okay, but also in a loving way. Um, okay, a bit fussy as well, like a, like fuss fussy. over you. Sorry, Irish mammies fuss over, but they're boys. Right. The daughters are different. <laughs> so that's why I probably feel like I relate to Farah and Alice's relationship so much, because she is kind of like Farah's mother, almost. Mm-hmm. Um, so on page 67, she goes, You think a bit of rope snapping in my face will keep me from breaking your bones? It's like, Alice doesn't take any shit. She's like... Look, you fool, you absolute stupid idiot. I love in chapter 16, this is where I really felt like the Irish mommy vibes because, you know, she was bringing Farah, you know, molten chocolate brought up and she refused to do anything until I had had a few sips. So that's like such a mommy. She just was looking after her. But then on the next page, she says, had the surreal not been in a benevolent mood, you would have deserved the death it gave you. I don't know what's worse. This or your idiocy with the puka. Brutal. So one hand she's like C- caring drink after your hot her. chocolate. Get you get drink your hot chocolate. Get warm. Looking get some after food yep. in you. Yep. And on the other hand, you fucking idiot. You fucking idiot. Yeah. You deserve to die. But not only that, Alice has no problem dragging Lucian. I yes. love it. She has mentioned before that, you know, give Lucian as good as he gives you like mm-hmm. you know give it back to him that's what he needs and it is but he also she also said Alice said the next time that fool Lucian gives you advice on how to trap the surreal you come to me dead chickens my sagging ass 
Oh my god! Yes! I didn't know she said that! My sagging ass! All you needed to do was offer it a new robe, and it would have groveled at your feet. Told you Beyonce energy with the cereal. Okay, Alice is a good good character. Alice is a great character, she's and like she's character. just a she's a B character, but like she's great. She yeah. really, you know, gives good advice and she's good. Yeah, she is good. So my question to you is, who is your favorite character in the book? Um, it's quite early to tell. Like I think well, right now, I would say either Feyre. Uh, Feyre, but I am also enjoying Lucian's. I'm enjoying Lucian's sassy moments. Me too. And I'm enjoying his banter with Feyre, like banter that they have together. Yes. So obviously it starts off quite hostile, but mm-hmm. he does have his moments where he's very sarcastic. He's sort of dragging her. He's wanting reactions yes. from her as well. So I I quite like Lucian's humor. Him. I also want to know. What his eye can see. The eye. The what metal, is all the eye? The metal eye that's like whirling about his head, looking in different directions to his other eye. Um, I want to know what his eye can see. But I'm getting like, I feel like Lucian's quite hot. I'm getting hot vibes. Even just the fact that he is, his banter is there, you yeah. know? And that is just automatically more attractive. Yeah, for it, sure. It really is. And Hamlin getting jealous when oh. she goes on the ride with Lucian yes. instead. Oh my god, that was yeah, that was great. I mean, yeah. just his his one liners though. He he has good quips as well. He does. Like because he gave Farah uh, like after the surreal and the naga and whatnot, he did give give Farah a knife. And I think I can't find the quote now, but he said something like, um, "Oh wait, it is. Yeah, it's yours. Don't bury it in my back, please." <laughs> yeah, love it. I mean, he's just he's witty. He is witty, and that's yeah. I do enjoy Lucian. Yeah. Okay, so we're running out. We're running out of time now. Yeah. So before we finish, we have to talk about Cal and Mai because oh, we have obviously to. the section of the book that we're talking about, like chapter twenty, ends on the start of Cal and Mai. Mm-hmm. It's worth pointing out that Cal and Mai is a real festival as well. Yeah. So the word Cal and Mai stands for the first of May in Welsh. Um, in Ireland and Scotland, it's called Beltane. Yes, and that's right. And they have a lot of fire performances. Mm-hmm. There's always bonfires. And you can see that element of it coming through in the Cal and Mai that Sarah J. Mass has created. That's right. And there's lots of like flower um, head crowns, which you would see in the Welsh festivals. There's the bonfires that you'd see yeah. in the Scottish and Irish yes. festivals. Um, so yeah, it's quite nice that she's drawing from real... Celtic traditions, Celtic and, traditions. Yeah, and it is. There's a lot of Cel- Celtic themes within Prithian, I think. A huge amount, actually. Yeah, yeah. And, and Kalamai is a really good example of that. Yeah, and for those that don't know, uh, the Celtic countries within the UK and Ireland is Ireland, Wales and Scotland. So yes, so it was described, because Pharaoh was like, what's going on? They're setting up bonfires. And Lucian, she's talking to Lucian about this and he said, yeah, for Kalamai, it's in two days. For what? Fire night. So they call it fire night. She's asking a little bit about it. And he goes, there's a ritual, but it's very, very. Mm-hmm. What, what does that, that mean? mean? I think we know what it means. I think we do. It's the kind dirty of fae. The dirty, dirty fae. Um, the, the drum, so she can hear the drums. Oh my God. So I, I felt this in my soul when I was reading it. Yeah. The drum beats came from far away, beyond the garden, past the game park, into the forest that lay beyond. They were deep probing. A single beat echoed by two responding calls, summoning. It's very atmospheric. Isn't it? So... It's- how do you think? Feel it. I could. I felt like I could feel those drums. Very sexy. Oh, because here comes Tamlin, Tim we, Tam. Oh, we have a sexy Tamlin have, moment. He was shirtless with only his the baldric across his muscle chest. I stared at him, and he watched me back. The warrior incarnate. Yep. <laughs> Before I could ask him to reconsider, reconsider letting her go. Mm-hmm. He took off running. The muscles in his back shifted as he leaped down the short flight of stairs and bounded into the garden as spry and swift as a stag. And within seconds, he was gone. So the muscles in his back are shifting. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised there's any garden left. Me too. If his legs are eat up the earth like that. He's leaping and bounding across. Um, So he's gone. And Farah's at home. 
Is this, are we just, is this podcast, are we just objectifying men? Are fantasy we? men. It is fantasy men. They don't men. exist. They don't exist. We don't do this in real life, though. That's true. We don't do this to real life men. That's true. But it's okay to do it with fantasy men, right? Because they're not real. Yeah. We'll continue then. <laughs> yes, super sexy Tamlins. Back muscles are shifting all over the mm-hmm. joint. Stay in your chamber. But she doesn't. No. Because it's Farah. It's Farah. <laughs> because she is hearing the drums and she is she says that she feels a wild, wicked voice weaving in between the drum beats, whispering otherwise. Go, the voice said, tugging at me. Go see. By ten o'clock I could no longer stand it. I followed the drums. I would too. Oh yeah. I would too. Absolutely. I this. I'm not staying in this manner. Well, Definitely. you guys are off having fire night with fae, your but, fae rituals. But it's all magic, isn't it? So yeah. she was drawn in. The atmosphere, you can just feel it, you know? Because she does. She goes down and she's not able... There is a lot of magic in the air. So she's not able to actually focus on fairies, their faces. She knows that they're there, but she's not able to, like, fully see them as such. But... I have a stupid fairy moment. Oh, go on. So... She bumps into some characters that are maybe not so nice. Correct. Yes. And they're intimidating her and they're, you know, they look quite scary. And she says, um, they look like Haifei, but there was something slightly different about them. Something taller and leaner than Tamlin or Lucian. Something crueler in their pitch black, depthless eyes. Fairies then. <laughs> and I've got written next to that. Fairies then. No shit, Farah. Look around you. Look around I, you. I know that she's distinguishing. Uh-huh. I know that there's a difference between high fae and fae, like lesser fae. Lesser fae, they're yeah. all fairies. They're really. all fairies. Like, yeah. It, it just made me laugh because it was like, yeah, duh. Yeah. Yeah. Look around you. Like, where are you? There's hardly any high fae, really. There's no humans the here. You're the only human. Everyone else is fairy, okay? And she, yeah, so she's in this awful situation, like you said. Um, and she is feeling like she's in danger, you know. Yeah, you in danger, girl. But then, they're oh. they're basically they're they're pinning her up. They're, well, they're about to do. I think they're about to rape her, basically, oh, or fuck. attack her. Yeah. And um, suddenly, there you are. I've been looking for you. Oh. Said a deep, sensual male voice I'd never heard. But I kept my eyes on the three fairies, bracing myself for flight as the male behind me stepped to my side and slipped a casual arm around my shoulders. The three lesser fa- lesser fairies paled, their dark eyes widened. Thank you for finding her for me, my saviour said to them. Smooth and polished. Enjoy the right. There was enough of a bite between his last words yeah. that the fairies stiffened. And without further comment, they scuttled back to the bonfires. I stepped out of the shelter of my saviour's arms, turned to thank him. Standing before me was the most beautiful Beautiful man I'd ever seen. Ever seen. What a way to end that chapter. And that's the end of the podcast. And that's the end of the podcast. Because. Oh man, who is this beautiful man? We'll find out in the next episode. Yes, we will. Um, So the next episode... We are going to be covering chapters 21 to 35. That's right, yes. So if you're reading along with the podcast, read up to chapter 35. So we'll see you next week. Yes. Give us a follow, like and subscribe the podcast. Um, Five stars. If it's not five stars, then you can email us if you have any problems and we will try and help in any way we can. Um, if you've got any questions or you've got any bits that you want us to talk about um, drop us an email at wingspansandliprings at gmail.com you can follow us on tiktok wingspansandliprings yes and we'll see you next week and we'll see you next week yes thank you for listening thank you bye bye